Isaac. <laughs> What's Coming happening? to you live from the squeaky chair. I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, listen, let's uh, to dive right into this. I wanted to. Uh, I know we want to start off with um, some things that we've been watching. So let me ask you, what what are you watching right now? What's 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 kind of series has been in your rotation lately? Um, give me one, and I'll give you one. Yeah, I just finished last night. I just finished um, raising Dion. Oh, you you're done. Okay, you ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Nine episodes um, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, no spoilers by... on these. No spoilers. Yeah, no, no, no. no I won't spoilers. do a spoiler. How many of you? How many of you watched? I'm only a couple episodes into Dion, and um, I well, let me. You, you go ahead and give your opinion first, since you've seen yeah, it okay. all. I, I'll keep it spoiler free. Um, but just to summarize, uh, it's co-produced by Michael B. Jordan's production company, Outlier Society, uh, shot in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Which is, is this? Uh, this is also... not the first TV. I know he's done. Some other things with this production company. I wonder if this is his first TV thing. Um, no. Well, he did Fahrenheit four, uh, Fahrenheit four fifty one a couple years ago for right, HBO. Right, HBO. Right, that's right. I think that was his first. Did you see that? I didn't see that. I didn't see it. I heard I think it was really Jay, good. I think though. Jay saw it. He said it wasn't that good. Um. Okay, but how does he feel about? Because wasn't Clive Owen in it? I, I don't know. I can't even remember. I'm, I'm surprised that was a few years ago. It seems like that was just like a year ago. Yeah, you're right. No, nah, it, like like, it was like 2017, 2018. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think Jay said it wasn't good. I don't, I don't want to misquote him, but um, yeah, I didn't see that. So this is okay. this, but this one, Dion is streaming on Netflix. Right, right. It's mm-hmm. streaming on Netflix. Um, it is uh, said to be kind of his response to, um, you know, Black Panther. Mm. Um, and and I mean it's a you know there were other production companies involved of course but Michael B Jordan is anything that he's involved with now gets the headline right right um, he well, is his in reaction it. in the sense of like Black Panther playing that role impacted him so much so he wanted to do something it kind of stayed in his blood a little bit or what, what well do you some think of he what we've by? talked about earlier you know the concept of seeing ourselves in in oh in superhero seeing ourselves roles. in these roles right. You know, so he basically um, wanted to create a new a new black hero, basically a new black superhero. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, in the form of a seven year old boy, who is good. I mean, I, I'm only like I said, I'm only a couple episodes in, but he seems. I like how this kid. He's you, he's he's a good actor, but he's he can. It's almost as if he's an actual kid who is just who's really going through this. You know what I'm saying? It's like he's kind of right. off kilter a little bit with his lines. His lines mm-hmm. aren't delivered like you know, very, you know, perfectly or smoothly or, you know what I'm saying? It's like, he, he sounds like a little kid sometimes and Which it's almost good. like he's yeah. not acting. Really authentic. Um, mm-hmm. Josiah Young is his name and I'm with you because it's like, you just want to be like, okay, man, slow down. Right? You know, just like with, <laughs> just like with real you know kids. I mean? Like, okay, you're giving me all of the story. You give me a 12 minute story in like 30 seconds. Like, hold on, what, what happened? You know, and uh-huh. the weird, he kind of says weird things at times and just his reactions to things are like, I don't know how they, I don't know how they did that. I don't know if that was something they did in the writer's room or if that's, they worked with him and like kind of gave him some lines and kind of, you know, saw how he, he handled them, you know, but it's really authentic to how kids actually act. He does really well with, uh, uh uh-huh. And he does really well chemistry wise with, um, the lead Aisha Wainwright, who plays his mother. Well, first Aisha plays Nicole Warren, Mm -hmm. who is a widow. Mm-hmm. And her husband, Dion's father, Mark Warren, played by Michael B. Jordan, mm-hmm. is a scientist. Mm-hmm. 
uh, for a company called Biona, who that um, you know, you know, big, you know, uh, almost um, you know, Microsoft level like right. terms of that's which is a standard and, standard trope in like you know comic book type stuff is like you know those big corporations. Um, you know, Stark, Wayne Tech, you know, whatever. That yeah. Are kind of yeah. in the background. Um, yeah. And that, you know, some of them are for good, some of them are up to nefarious things. But yeah, that's kind of a, 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 a standard trope within comic book uh, storytelling. And um, uh, plot point is that Mark recently died under mysterious conditions in a storm, mm-hmm. um, but his body was never recovered. Right. Um, and Aisha is, you could see her. Where when we first meet her, she's she's kind of starting over, um, maybe not in a new city, but in a new home. Right. Yeah. And boy, little, yeah, little man has to start at a new school. He's right. only black. He's one of the few black kids in his school. Um, plus, he's kind of you know he's just gone through this trauma, so you know he has all these things happening to him at one time. That's right. Um, it's a good That's setup. Right. That's a good setup. Uh-huh. Let me ask you this though, because it's not a spoiler to say that you know. It's not a spoiler, obviously, that Michael B. Jordan's character is, you know, dead at the beginning of the series because you find mm-hmm. that out within the first few seconds, mm-hmm. first few minutes. And it's also not a spoiler because if you've seen any of the trailers, you get a glimpse of him sometimes in these trailers. So without spoiling it, can is it fair to say or to assume that, excuse me, we're going to see um, him might he might pop up, you know, other times throughout the series? Is it fair to assume that? Is that a safe assumption? That is a safe assumption. Okay. And Don't tell me I, anything more, but I, that's sure. that's what I that's what I figured. Sure. The refreshing thing about that is he's there just enough mm-hmm. not to get in the way of the story. Mm, okay. Right. Right. To resist the temptation of it being Michael B. Jordan's in this one. You right. Know, but enough to lend his star power the story. to it, and you know, not to lend his left yeah, to lend sure his star part it. to it, but it also serves the story. And um, um, I, that had to be really thought out you know mm. just well considered when he comes back into the story because mm. he never leaves the story he's the backdrop of it you know right. what I mean? they keep they talk so, about him he's yeah his what happened to him i'm assuming is a big part of the narrative you know trying to figure yeah. out what happened to him and how that ties into what's happening to his son yeah and um, when i first started it um i mean i was biased toward it because i i wanted it i wanted to like it i wanted it to do well what I found, though, is that um, I liked it more than I hoped that I would. Mm. There were some smart plot twists and um, some good, you know, diver- diversion tactics. Uh, and it ended it ended really smartly. Let me ask you this, though. Can we and, you know, maybe this is something we'll revisit after I've watched all of it, too, because um, I don't want to prejudge it. But at the same time, we know that Michael B. Jordan's character at the beginning of the, of the series, you know, as we said, is is not present he was he's he's died how many i can't i'm trying to think man as we were talking if i can remember any representations of the present black father in a you know um superhero or you know unreal type movie i, I it's hard to i can't really think of anything and and actually to be honest with you not just the black father the father or the uncle in spider-man's case i was gonna say that too is, right it's a constant like That's let's take him out it's trope. almost yeah it's a trope it's almost like in the disney films you know, the Disney cartoons, remember back in the day, it'd be the mother who was always dead, you know, and it was like, yeah, but now it's like the father is always missing or dead or something. Um, So it it would be nice if we could get something with the father present and, you know, 
being. I guess maybe you know what? Black Lightning. There it is. Black Lightning. A show yeah. neither one of us has watched. I've, I think I've watched more than you, but it's. I don't think. Well, I've, I've seen two seasons of it. Okay, okay, you you got me beat. You got me beat. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't okay. know how the hell you got through two seasons, but more power okay. to you. Yeah. It's a CW. I mean, it's, I you do. know, it's it's one of those CW shows we've talked about before that, like um, Batwoman, I can see why. Um, and I don't know if we've talked about it since I, I I saw an episode of Batwoman, but like Batwoman, it's one of those shows I can see why other people like it, but it's not necessarily my vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Black Lightning is an example of the, the the black father being present, even though isn't he divorced in that? He's divorced, but he's he's present with his children. Um, yeah, I guess I can't remember. I, <laughs> I see, I see it really stuck you, with the, you. You see the mom in it. That's so yeah, or that maybe they're separated or something. I don't know, but yeah. So all right, so Raising Dion, you so you definitely recommend that. So I'm gonna, I'm yeah, gonna, I'd recommend that. I'm gonna stay on that, finish that. Um, here's one thing I've been watching. I, I put you up on. Years ago, I like you know almost stalked you to get you to watch Samurai Jack. Did you ever jump on Samurai Jack? You watched Samurai Jack, right? Yeah. Okay. I have. Cool, cool, cool. One of my all-time favorite series, you know, cartoons, Unreal Things. It was just one of my all-time, you know, just one of my all-time favorites. So recently discovered um, the creator of Samurai Jack, who also did uh, that original Clone Wars series. Um, the before. one that was in theaters? No, the one that was the the, the you gave me actually the oh, three the DVDs. Oh, the two DVDs. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. The shorts. Right, the shorts. The Jindy, of shorts. Uh, uh-huh. Jindy Tartoski, um, legendary creator. He so he did the original Clone Wars. He did Dexter's Lab back in the day. Um, I think Powerpuff Girls. I think he even had something to do with the original Batman animated series. Um, and then to me, most famously, Samurai Jack, which was if, listen. If you guys have not seen, for some reason, have not seen Samurai Jack, as soon as this podcast is over, go find it. I don't know where it's available, aired on Cartoon Networks. I don't know if you need to go to iTunes or if they got it on the Cartoon Network website, whatever. Samurai Jack, I can't say enough about it. Maybe one day we'll just do a special episode. Because um, did you see the last season of Samurai Jack? The no. final season. Oh, man. I haven't seen the final season. Man, I, 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 I envy you because you get to you get to because when it came back because remember there's this huge hiatus between it was a hiatus yeah so when it came back it came back not on just regular cartoon network it came back on adult swim so mm-hmm. on adult swim it had more um range to do more adult themes to deal with more it, it was you know it was a little bit more violent but it was mainly just the themes and the tone of the show you could tell that changed um from when we saw it before and so with jindy tartoski what he was able to do is explore those tones in a more adult way Mm-hmm. And the last season is phenomenal, man. The last episode, bruh, I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you, man. I'm telling you, man, you might want to bring some Kleenex. You might, because you might get emotional on the wow. last season. That's, that's how dope it is. That's how, I mean, because, you know, you live with Jack throughout those first, you know, seasons that air way back in the day. And then this season, yeah. the final <clears throat> season, takes him probably to his toughest challenge. You see him in a way that you haven't seen him before. Like, he's, you know, Jack was that cat that was always pushed to the edge, but he, you know, maintained his honor and his integrity mm-hmm. and blah, 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 blah. Composure, yeah. This, I mean, this season, man, he's pushed way past the edge. And then something happens. I'm not going to spoil it, but something happens that has never happened before in any of the other seasons. And it culminates in that that final episode. And it's it's um it's it's emotional, bro. So you, you got to see it. You got to see it. So anyway, I bring all that up. I, I say all that to say that. Um, Tartoski has a new series um, called Primal, mm-hmm. which I just started watching. It's on Cartoon Network on the, on Adult Swim, mm-hmm. and it's it's truly adult. It's like um, hmm. t- 
it's basically the rap. I mean, I wish I should have brought the log line with me so I could have read the long line, but it's basically um, the story of a prehistoric man, mm-hmm. caveman, if you will, um, and his uh, his companion, who is happens to be a dinosaur. Now, mm-hmm. this is Jindy Tartoski, so he has a you know he a lot of times he'll take two different things or three different worlds and blend them together and you know not pay really attention so it's like yeah dinosaurs and humans didn't technically exist at the same time but in this world they do um Mm. and it's it's there's no dialogue there's absolutely no dialogue in this series It's, it's five episodes i've watched three of them there's five episodes um and there's no dialogue it's extremely violent um Mm -hmm. very um graphic um Mm. and it's beautiful man i mean it is absolutely beautiful so let me ask you the animation styles is still two-dimensional or yes it's still two-dimensional it's it's kind of it's there's some you can tell there's some of some of the samurai jack stuff in there but it's more there's it's it's different it's to me it's a little bit more um the color palettes are a little bit more i don't know how to describe it maybe thicker um the greens and the blues and the reds are just muddy. I mean, almost they're thicker. They're just, yeah. And it's like, I mean, you see blood in this series, you know, you didn't see blood and okay. in, in, you know, cartoons, you rarely see blood. You see blood on this, in this series mm-hmm. and the blood is richer and just the color of the sky and the jungle and just everything. And there's a pulpy feel to it too. Cause the dinosaurs kind of look like those, um, pulp dinosaurs used to be on the cover of pulp magazines or, you know, um, Conan yeah. novels or whatever. So yeah. they have that kind of feel to them as well. I mean, it's and the music is just unbelievable. I mean, it's just I, I encourage everyone to watch this, but also encourage you to make sure that you watch it on the biggest screen available to you and with the best sound system. Um, if you have a choice between watching it on your phone and watching it on your, your large screen television, definitely choose your te- television screen. That's what the series is made for. Um, so it's beautiful. So, yeah, that Raising Dion. Um, I got one other one. You got another one? Because I got one other one I've been watching a lot of lately. It's a throwback. Um, No, go ahead. I, I went kinda, back. I kind of <clears throat> doubled down on Dion to get through it. We've been we've been talking about, you know, you and I have been talking about, um, we're both looking forward to Picard. Um, yes. The uh, Star Trek series coming out on CBS's uh, streaming service. Uh, I believe it's dropping in January. Um, so we're re- there's a lot of anticipation for that. I know you and I are both hyped about that return to John Luke Picard. Um, I, I was just about to dive into, uh, the current, the discovery star Trek discovery, which is, you know, currently airing on CBS. I was just about to dive into that and I'm, I'm still about to dive into that. But before I did that, I said, let me go back and watch. It's been so long since I've been Next with. Generation. It's been so long since I've been <laughs> I with John Luke <laughs> and and uh-huh. you know Worf and Riker and Data. It's been so long uh-huh. since I just hung out with the fam. So I said, let me go back and watch. I dived in. I said, I'm gonna watch like you know maybe a couple episodes per season. Yeah, dude. I dived in like I think early in like season one. I said I've seen the pilot you know a few few million times. So I skipped that. I dived in early season one. I watched every single episode. I'm currently, as of a couple nights ago, I'm on the season, the series finale um, of season, I think it's season seven, the last mm-hmm. episode of season seven. So I'm on that. I've watched every episode, man. I just, <laughs> this show, you know, this, this wasn't a perfect show. There was, you know, once, <clears throat> especially if you watch it, if you binge it, you see there's a lot of reoccurring motifs, a lot of reoccurring themes, 
Um, there's a lot of stories about time and, you know, time travel or time disruption or yeah. the multiverse or whatever, which I dig all of that stuff. So I love it. But I will say that if you're watching it in a binge fashion, it's like, damn, they, they, they use that thing a lot. You know what I'm saying? It's like, they went back to that. They went back to that well a lot, but I got to say, man, this show is just highly enjoyable. You know, it's a great show to sit down and watch. It's a great show to watch. Um, if you've seen it already to keep it on in the background and watch it, it's just comfortable. You know, you with your, you, you with the crew. Um, it's really to me, Picard show and data show. Um, mm-hmm. all the other characters, you know, Worf, Riker, Troy, um, everybody, you know, has their own place and they all are fully fleshed out. Um, so I'm not trying to say that, but at the end of the day, the best performances come from Picard and, and Brent Spiner from data. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I dived in, but I, you, but you, you, you've, you've been reluctant. You've been a reluctant next generation cat. What's up? Um, you're, you're an original series guy. Yeah, I am an original series guy, and I, I think at the time when it, when it debuted in 1989, I, I had actually started watching the show mm-hmm. in you know in real time, and was kind of turned off by it. And I don't exactly remember. I don't exactly remember why. I could see it being a situation where because it was you know regular television came on once a week. If I missed a few, then. I felt like I was too far gone right. to really catch up. But rewatching it uh, again, under your urging, um, and also because of Patrick Stewart's performances as Professor X, right? Yeah, I began to appreciate yeah. him as an actor. Right, and I knew that Picard was very different than Kirk. Mm. So Which going was one back, of the brilliant and, things about the show is that they, uh-huh. you know, yeah, they made sure they didn't, that it wasn't, they didn't do a Kirk too. Yeah, it wasn't a carbon copy of the original. Yeah, um, I really like. I agree with you. It's Picard and Data's show, uh, but I really like watching the relationship between Picard and Wesley Crusher. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah, that father awkward father son relationship. That awkward father son. He doesn't. He, he's not good with children. Mm. He doesn't particularly like them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, sent Wesley's but, father to his death. Right, kind of likes the mom, right. <laughs> which like, gets yeah, a little feeling, <laughs> feeling Beverly, feeling the ginger, so it, right? So it, so it, so it's an awkward scenario, you know, to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really funny when you know he's checking Wesley and 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 uh, Doctor Crush is like, "Look, you need to back up off the off my son. Mm-hmm. And he kind of respects that, but still mm-hmm. has to kind of maintain the level of authority. Right. Um, and then later, not to spoil it, but later she will, you know, be like, yo, I need you to talk to Wesley. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh-huh. she flips it. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's a cool dynamic between the three of them. So, um, that's something that, that, that I like watching. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So these. I'm glad, I'm glad to see that you are you're on that. So add that final season of Samurai Jack to your, to your doc. And then definitely check out Primal. Primal, um, it's, like I said, right now it's only five episodes. I think that based on the reaction, because everybody's been loving it, they'll probably do more next year. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. so it's easy to catch up on. Okay. Oh, it's easy. Yeah, it's just five episodes right now. All right. So yeah, it's easy. Um, really quickly, though, before we jump into the to the heart of the show, do you have like a guilty pleasure show? Like, do you have a show that you watch that you know is not very good, but you watch it anyway for whatever reason? Um, I should rephrase that. I know you have one. Everybody has one. Yeah, everybody has one. I'm trying to think of what mine is. It's your folding clothes show, man. It's the show you watch when you're folding clothes. 
That's what doing I'm doing laundry. Star Trek. <laughs> well, let me think. Let me think. What's yours? What's okay, yours? Okay, so I, you know, I've I've had many over the year, but I thought about this because I started watching one recently. I, I watched it before, and I just started catching up on it, and that's Lucifer on uh Mm. it's on netflix now used to be on i I don't know fox or something like that but it's on netflix now and it's like this is not a very it's kind of a corny show it's not a it's not a great show some episodes are very well well done other episodes are kind of like uh you know whatever but i just like the it's like you know you get comfortable with certain actors or something certain characters this show is about you know the devil it's based on a neil gaiman comic uh comic book from back in the day um, him and Sam Keith um, when I think I think it was a Vertigo comic where Lucifer basically gets tired of you know being in hell and comes back to Earth comes and I, th- I think he came in the comic I don't know if he came to LA but in this television series he comes to LA and he's running a nightclub so mm-hmm. that's the the essence of it and then he you know of course it's a procedural it's a US you know American type show procedural so he hooks up with a cop and through you know circumstances he ends up solving crimes with her so it's, it's kind of like a really basic, you know, network television show with a demonic twist to it. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a guilty pleasure, man. So that's that's the show that I watch. That's my folding clothes show. That's the show I watch. when I'm not really, you know, I don't really want something to occupy my mind too much. I'm just trying to just, you know, zone out for a minute. Um, yeah. But I, I think everybody has. Right. Everybody has <laughs> guilty pleasures. Right. Oh, you, just, got, you found one. I oh, do. Shit, I do. I do. Casey Undercover. What the hell is that? It's on. <laughs> is this a kids show? Yeah, man, it is. I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. Wait a minute, though. Is this the show that your daughter that 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 your daughter got you up on, or is this just something that you found? Yeah, it's Zendaya's show. Oh, it's a Zendaya show. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, she gets, she gets a show. pass. You know, that's my that's 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 right. that's fam. She gets a pass. So anything it's, she does is, is watchable. It's 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 Zendaya. It's Zendaya, right? Not Zendaya. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, or we'll is go it with tomato tomato scenario. Okay, uh, well, one of forgive them is me either one way. <laughs> yeah, forgive us either way. Right. Um, Kareem Hardison plays the dad. First of all, she's a spy. The whole family. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute. What's the card again? Service. KC Undercover. You know what? K period C period this. Undercover. I've seen this. She was on this when she was very very young, right? Yeah, but she's, she's still like, doing it. Doing it. Yeah. Okay. I I I saw this. I think either and I don't know if it was when my my son was younger or made my nephew somebody was watching and i saw i've seen a couple episodes of this yeah it may be i mean it may be canceled or on a hiatus but i mean it did three seasons most recently was uh 2017 2018 okay so and this was probably right before she was in the in the in the in the spider-man movies <laughs> you're watching this solo you watching yeah this man no i'm watching this <laughs> i am i kind of am tammy townsend Is plays it on the Netflix mom. Or? no it's on it's nah, on disney. disney it's on okay. disney All disney right. yeah the disney channel wow Wow. I mean, it's 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 super campy, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, um, like I said, Ka- uh, Kadeem Hardison plays the dad. Um, even um, Whitley. Um, Jasmine oh, Guy? Jasmine Guy has been in there? a few of the episodes. Wow. Yeah, as a nemesis. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right, you got me beat, man. That's that's the worst guilty. That's, that's more guilt than I got, so I don't know. I would tell you I'm gonna check it out, but I'm not gonna lie to you. All right, so let's um, yo, let's let's dive into the um, to the heart of the show. Let's get on with it. Yo, it's Mad Unreal, episode four. Let's go. All right, so uh, listen, from time to time, I think just to uh, full transparency, from time to time, if there's 
on this show, if there's, you know, not anything that we, you know, a topic that we are passionately want to dive into, I think sometimes it's cool to look back at what's happened um, in the unreal world, basically over the last couple of weeks. So a lot of things have, have happened since last episode. Some of the things have to do with last episode, which I, you know, I, we should touch on, but right. um, a lot of things happened. So first and foremost, you saw Joker. And did you see Joker? I saw Joker. We are now living in a post-Joker, unreal okay. comic book world, okay. comic book movie So we world. don't have to imagine or guard <clears throat> Nah, comments. man, we're here. We're here. So, all right. So, I don't know. What do you, what do you want to do? What do you want to talk about this thing? I mean, how you want how you want to do this? Okay, Joker kind of messed me up. Okay. It kind of messed me up. Um the uh our first episode when we were talking about joker i remember and i forget i I do forget the the author's name but there was an article uh in vanity fair right that was written before the film came out but after it had debuted he had attended the film festival in which the which the film debuted but basically he was he was he was torn he wasn't sure Mm, how he felt about it yeah he wasn't Mm. he was not sure how he felt about it and i i see why and I think that it's a testament to how well Joaquin Phoenix played the character Arthur Fleck, mm-hmm. who became the Joker, um, and also how the story was told. Mm-hmm. It put it put mental illness and society's view of mental illness, which is generally a non-response like when it comes to mental illness causes aren't the focus the results are the focus okay um it put that on front street Mm. and you i struggled i struggled with being able to compartmentalize the sympathy that i had for arthur fleck and the disdain that I had for his actions. Okay. What ended up happening. Um, that is informed directly from, from my personal experience mm-hmm. with having, um, or had, she's deceased now, ironically, like Fleck, a mother who suffered from a mental illness. Mm-hmm. And we should say that we're going to get into full spoilers on this. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's been a few weeks. Everybody's seen the movie. So, yeah, yeah super spoiler spoilers. alert. Yes. Yeah, spoiler alert on this one. Yeah, yeah we're going we're gonna to go into this. So, um, so, so key takeaways. I did enjoy the movie. Um, you said you struggled with that compartmentalization, though. Were you, by the end of the film, were you able to achieve that? Or are you you're saying when you walked out, you still weren't able to achieve that? compartmentalization because of your because the way the movie was presented and because your own personal experience um yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i'm still i'm i'm you know i'm still processing that right because here's the thing here's the thing here's the thing and i'm and i'm I'm touching on your and it was a good question a good point can you see batman in this world right and i don't think you can see batman as we know him to be as we've always known him to be Mm. in that world um but the interesting thing about this film is it takes it takes a comic book villain Mm. 
like at the supreme tippity top echelon, him and Vader, Joker and Vader being the right. benchmark, you right. know, MVPs shows that descent like in real time. So I'll give you an example. So let's say Nolan's the Dark Knight. Okay. And we see the secret meeting with all of the, all, all of the gangsters. Right. And then Joker walks in right. and he gives his presentation and he walks out. Great with the bombs, like, you know, let's be cool. Right. Okay. So Todd Phillips's Joker takes place when what happens when Joker left the restaurant <laughs> until the mm-hmm. next time that we see him, mm-hmm. did, you know, he, where'd he go? Did he have dinner? What'd he eat? Right. You know, did he, kill he got anybody? some guys, where'd he get them from? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? He woke up the next morning or maybe not. He slept in the refrigerator or maybe not. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Okay. Right. You right. get into the minutia of the mindset. Yeah, that's a good word. Minutia, the minutia of it. Yeah, that's a good word. Okay. Of how this happened. Mm-hmm. And you see societal failings that mm-hmm. contributed to this. Mm-hmm. You see bad decisions on the part of Arthur Fleck himself, but also other people. Like Homeboy, what was the name? Charlie, the co-worker that gives him the gun. Yeah, yeah. After he gets jumped. Right. Right? Right. And then sells him out. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you see a series of people not coming to flex aid. The boss constantly blames him for things that happened that were out of his control. Mm-hmm. You know, the bad decision of Joker bringing the gun to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Then he lied about. It. Yeah, I mean, just <laughs> was, I'm just saying. That was that was that was one of my favorite scenes was when the gun dropped out when he was doing a little <laughs> dance for the kids. I was like, <laughs> hell nah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, unintentionally the, hilarious. Yeah, right. The mom. Mm-hmm. You know, so so the the you know there was there was there was a lot there was a lot in it, and um um before before I yield to see what your thoughts on the 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 one thing that I really didn't like is I did not like um the scene at Wayne Manor. Mm. Oh, when, when he, with him and Lil Bruce. when he's talking to when he's talking to a young Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. through the gate. Um, I just think that was a very it just felt a very unauthentic forced mm. way to, to connect two characters that they really didn't have to do. Mm. I think that that conversation, because it was a pivotal scene, it gave, it gave Joker information. Right. There was some exposition there that he needed, but I think, but because it came from Alfred, I think that entire thing could have played out mm. with Alfred, just him and Alfred. He goes to the gate, does his thing. Alfred rushes. Yeah, why up, was, hey, yeah, why yeah, was Bruce there? Yeah. Why was, why was Bruce there? Mm-hmm. Bruce could have seen him. That part was kind of cool, mm-hmm. but the whole interaction between them it just it just felt it just felt very forced to me. Right. Yeah. I. You know, man. I have to be honest. I had a I had a pretty much opposite reaction to this film. Mm. Um, I. You know, unfortunately, because you know, mental illness strikes, you know, indiscriminately. But the access to the type of um, meds you need and the healthcare you need is um, restricted more so amongst lower classes, obviously. So in impoverished classes. So unfortunately, Mm -hmm. and and, and unfortunately, um, a large section of African-Americans are, you know, impoverished in this country. So we all have, unfortunately, we all have some sort of connection to this. We know somebody in our family, you know what I'm saying? Obviously your connection is much closer because it was your mother. And you and I have talked about that many times, but 
you know, the unfortunate thing is that, you know, for a lot of uh, people of color in this country, you know, you have a cousin or, you know, an auntie, somebody, you know, saying this is just off, right? That's quotes. off, you know, or the that stays up in their room and never comes downstairs. You know what I'm saying? It's like right. that, that type of situation where then when you get older, you kind of realize what that really is. Um, and, and sometimes it's mental illness, sometimes it's substance abuse, whatever. But mm-hmm. so that part of the that part of this narrative, I think, was that theme of mental illness and the theme of how society reacts to that and the theme of how society treats the lower classes. All of these themes in Joker, I thought, were well-intentioned and were, I think, were it was a brave choice for a comic book movie to explore, you know. Mm-hmm. All these themes have been explored, you know, repetitively in comic books, in actual comic books, um, yeah. you know, since going back to the to the sixties and seventies. But for comic book films to take that, that's a new thing, you know. what I'm saying for mainstream comic book film to take that, and like you said, with the joke, with a a, a a character that's at the Joker's level, you know, what I'm saying he's one of the most you know well known characters all over the world. Um, right. That was a brave it took three choice. movies for you to get Anakin Skywalker to Vader, right? But this, you this know? was yeah, this was you know, this was this very concentrated. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that there was these great themes, and when I w- when I went into the theater, I went into the theater with a blank, like a clean slate, because like I'd read a couple articles when you and I had talked about it. We did a show yeah. about it. I went in there, I, like wiped my mind, like okay, I'm gonna go in here and just experience this with no expectations. Um, you know, and I, I had those two expectations I put on the shelf. My two ex- my two concerns were, um, and we talked about this on a previous show, where I wanted, like you said, I wanted this to be a world that I could see Batman living in. Because if I didn't, mm-hmm. if I couldn't see Batman living in this world, then that's a fundamental issue to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then second, the second issue I had, I wanted to make sure that, okay, this Joker that I'm going to see on the screen in this incarnation has to be a Joker that I can see eventually going up against Batman. Okay, so but mm-hmm. I took those two concerns and worries and I put them on the shelf. I said, I'm not going to bring those into the theater with me. So I walked in with the, I was proud of myself. I walked in with a clean slate. It's like I was going to yeah. accept what was going to come my way. Mm-hmm. And I, I just was disappointed. And the reason I was disappointed is because I felt like they had these great themes and they they stayed themes throughout the movie without becoming actual flesh and bone characterizations and narrative that I could really sink my teeth into. But character to connect to the Batman no, no, lore? No, outside of the Batman lore. I'm just talking okay, about the themes. Okay. I'm talking about the themes okay. of mental health, the themes of um, how the how society treats the lower classes. They they were great themes, but they remained mm-hmm. themes. I didn't mm-hmm. get the depth that I wanted. The only truly fleshed out character in this whole movie, in my opinion, is Arthur Fleck. Yeah. Everyone else. It would yeah, maybe right. you could maybe argue that his mother was had some dimension to her because we got you know her backstory we got she had a little bit more dimension to her everybody else was very one-dimensional to me especially thomas wayne i, I you saw mm. about shoehorned in i was just like why the f is he even in this right. movie you right know what i'm saying it was like right. he just was right. very much right. shoehorned right. in. right and right i gotta give it to joaquin I, joaquin excuse me joaquin i think his performance um, deserves attention. I think he had. A, I think he gave a really good performance. It wasn't mind, you know. I, it wasn't. It didn't, you know, blow my mind how good he was in this movie. It wasn't. I don't think it was mm-hmm. on that level. Um, mm-hmm. But it was a good performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a, he's a, mm-hmm. he's a he's a he's a incredible actor. So I, I'm pretty sure anything you give him, he's going to turn out. So he did. I think the best that you could do with this material. I just don't think that Todd Phillips, the um, writer, co-writer, and the and the director, I don't think that he delivered 
or have the capability to deliver on in a on a script basis and in the, the directorial phase of it the full fleshed out themes that he was seeking um i go back to my previous concerns you know could i see could i see batman living in this world actually i could that was one that got checked on the way it was filmed the cinematography was beautiful um yeah. the way it was filmed was great the, I, now I will say this side note: I never felt like I was in Gotham City. I always no. felt like this was like 1970s oh, it, it, New York. It's new, <laughs> Nothing about it's it. New York, <laughs> and I don't know if it was nothing a budgetary concern or whatever. But I saw no Gotham iconography. I saw right. nothing that said this is Gotham. You just heard them saying Gotham City and blah blah blah. The police. It was the police cars and the lower third on the news reports. That was it. And it's that like okay, it. again, I don't know if it's a budget thing, but you compare that to the Nolan films, and especially Dark Knight, you felt like you were in Gotham. Even though you saw Sears Tower and Giant, you felt like you were in Gotham. You know, it did a good job of immersing you in that and convincing mm-hmm. you. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so, but as far as the way it was filmed and the grittiness of it, I could actually see a Batman film. Now, I don't know if Matt Reeves is going to go this route with his Batman, but I could actually see a, a guy in a cape crouched on, you know, on a, you know, on the top of a building um, in that, in that type of style. I could see it. Um, so I was happy with that. That part I was happy about. Mm-hmm. But, but bruh, where this movie really, I mean, this movie failed on, on multiple fronts to me, but where it failed the most is that Todd Phillips and the crew said, okay, this has nothing to do with comic books. There's no, it's not from any of the comic book storylines, which I was cool with. Fine. It's not from, um, any of the previous films. It's not connected to any of the canon of the films. Cool. I'm standalone. Great. One shot. Elseworld, as we say in the comic book community, mm-hmm. it's an Elseworld story cool the problem is that if you're going to call this movie joker or say it's even or or put batman characters in it then you have to this this guy has to convince me at some point at some level that he's capable of going up against batman arthur fleck ain't going up against batman bro it's not happening this guy is not turning into a criminal mastermind that the joker is not dangerous because the joker is a homicidal maniac the Joker's dangerous and worthy. He's a worthy opponent of the Batman simply because he's a homicidal maniac and he's brilliant. You know what I'm saying? He's he's a criminal mastermind. This right. dude right here, Isn't the cops it? almost got him in that subway car. The only reason they didn't get him is because the crowd jumped off. You know, it wasn't he didn't mastermind anything in this film. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, if you're gonna show me his ascent to that, his ascension to that mastermind level. There has to be a seed somewhere. There has to be something in there that shows me this dude is capable of that. Go ahead. I I have a counterpoint. Hit me. I could see. I could see, if you called this Joker colon year one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because. But there's no. It, but there's if no. If we believe seed. the movie. Mm-hmm. But hold on. But if we believe the movie, mm-hmm. then we got a good ten on the low end. 13, 14 years before we get a Batman based on the age of Bruce Wayne in this movie. Right, which means the Joker is going to be like 60. (laughs) (laughs) Because dude's like 40 in his film, bro. Bruce is like 10 years old. I get that too. (laughs) So you you really got 20 years. He's not Batman, so he's like 30. I get that too. I get that too. But we're Elseworld. We're Elseworld. Okay, all right, all right. So we're Elseworld. Mm -hmm. But, but... So I just wanted to, I just wanted to, I mean, I wanted to address that part of it, Yeah, I, I but do. I need to back up, see, I need to back up my statement on why I don't see a Batman in this movie, because the Thomas Wayne that was portrayed in this film is not going to raise a, 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 a benevolent Bruce Wayne, a Bruce Wayne that cares about the city. Right. 
Right. And that is the key. That's the key motivator. Right. Yeah, they for they, Batman. they they really nailed that um that motivation in Batman Begins in that scene where he's on the train with his father. Yep. And that's his father right. explains to him, that's you know, right. we need to do this, that, and then he instills that in him. That's um, right. And you don't have that in this no. Thomas Wayne. No, you don't get that at all. And I think to the point you made earlier, it does feel like not only like Bruce was shoehorned in here, I felt like Thomas Wayne was shoehorned in here. I felt like the whole Batman thing was shoehorned. I listen, I get a hundred percent why from a business standpoint you make this about Joker. You know what I'm saying? That's why it made $100 million, almost $100 million is opening yeah. weekend. Yeah. Because it was about Joker. If this movie was called Arthur Fleck, this movie would have made $20 million this opening weekend, maybe, just because Joaquin Phoenix was in it. That and maybe mm-hmm. would have made 20 mil. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I get why they wanted to connect this to Batman, you know, lore and make this, you know, and, and do it that way. But from a creative standpoint, it just completely dropped the ball in, in that regard to the point where where the last scene was a scene that because let, let me say this i was let down and disappointed by this movie but i don't feel like it was a terrible movie you know on its right. own i yeah. don't think it was uh-huh. a, it was a bad movie mm-hmm. it just wasn't it was forgettable to me a lot of people were saying hey you know i was disturbed i was you know haunted by the Dude, I forgot about the movie like an hour after I got out of there. You know, I just, I, it didn't stay with me. I felt there was parts of it that were vapid. I felt there were parts of it that were very, um, that it felt like it was, it was pretending to be more intellectual than it actually was. Mm. And, but the mm-hmm. one scene, to go back to what I was about to say a minute ago, the one scene that actually really did let me down, that really just irritated the hell out of me, was the death of Bruce Wayne's parents. First of all, first of all, first of all, <laughs> First of all, in a movie that has gone so far out of its way to say we're not connected to canon, we're we're different right. than any other comic book movie you've seen, we're right. blah, blah, blah. Right. You're going to show, you're going to do the one thing that all fans, I don't care how devoted of a Batman fan you are, every Batman fan has said the same thing. Please stop showing us Bruce Wayne's uh, parents getting killed in, in the films. We're sick of it. You know, we've seen it a million times. When he walks out of the theater, when you see the Waynes walking out of the theater at the end of the movie, and I'm like, for the, my first thought was, mother, I'm like, I can't believe this is about to happen. I again. can't believe they're about to do this. But then yes. for half a second, for half a second, I saw when they turn the corner and the guy comes out and he follows them. I said, oh, wait a minute. If they cut it right here and they don't show it, they just cut it right here. Then that's You're cool because it leaves you mm-hmm. with some, it's like, oh, you know, we know it's going to happen, but, you know, it leaves you with some anticipation or whatever, a good feeling or yeah. a bad feeling in that case. But for them to follow him, for the for them to show everything, the guy points the gun at, at Thomas Wayne and then he says the worst line. You're going to get what you deserve, Wayne. I laughed, dude. I, I actually <laughs> laughed. I actually laughed. And I, you know, it was, I said because I was in disbelief at that point. I was like, I cannot believe and to me, again, that speaks to the fact that I feel like this movie was, it was, it was more, it felt like it was smarter than it actually was. Um, and again, I say that because of these themes I felt that were very worthwhile and I could see what it was trying to do. Mm-hmm. It just felt very surface to me. Listen, the Jokers, I mean, I should, I, it's hard for me to call him the Joker. I'm just going to call him Fleck. Arthur Fleck's, you know, I guess, breaking point, his tipping point was when he couldn't go see the psychiatrist anymore and he he couldn't afford his meds anymore. They cut off his meds. Mm-hmm. So are we saying that, you know, you go off your meds, you're going to turn into a homicidal maniac? You know, I mean, what are we saying here? The first murders on the subway, let's be real, that was self-defense, bro. 
Yeah. <laughs> they was beating the hell mm-hmm. out of him. They was gonna kill mm-hmm. him. You know, they mm-hmm. could have killed him. One kick to the head, and he'd be dead. So when mm-hmm. he killed them, that was that felt like self defense to me. Then the um, the murder of the dude, what's his name, Charlie? Yeah. Um, I saw that coming a mile away. He gets yeah. up, he puts the scissors in his back pocket. Once he chained the door after they came in, once he put the chain on the door, dude, he knew once, it was a wrap. Once he opened the door and I saw it was Charlie, I said, Charlie's dead. You know, saying so he's about to kill Charlie. You know, and uh-huh. what happens? He kills Charlie. It was a brutal. It was very brutal, but it was like at that point I was a little bit disconnected because I saw it coming from so far away. And then the whole you know Robert De Niro thing, um, Murray, whatever his name was, uh, Murray Franklin, whatever his name was, the the talk show host. Yeah. You see him, and it's like again very surface, very surface character, very one dimensional character. And so as the music is getting hyped up and then, you know, they're talking and, you know, he's going at um, Fleck for, you know, when Fleck admits that he was the one that killed the dudes on the subway, suddenly Fleck gets very cogent. He says some things I, I agree with him with. He was like, you know, you guys are so upset about these guys on the subway, but you walk past, you know, people dying every day, you mm-hmm. know, which was a very good point. But he, and it was mm-hmm. so it was so it, it was it was it was off. It, I felt a little off because the scene felt a little off to me because at that point, Fleck was completely out of his mind, right? But at that one, in those, like, you know, I don't know, two minutes, he was making, like, very lucid, you know, uh, remarks that were making sense. But as the music is amping up and they're yelling at each other, you know, oh, he's about to shoot this. He's about to shoot Murray. What does he do? He shoots Murray. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay. You know, I, I, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't moved. You know, I wasn't, it, it didn't hit me. It was just felt very surfacey. Well, the, the, um, What's the word for the graphic nature, the um, primal, the primal mm-hmm. killing of Charlie spoke yeah. to that primal way that Joker just eviscerates his victims. Um, yeah. This, the, here, here's how this here, here's how this movie would have worked mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. if and you <laughs> you alluded to this like if they had just called it Arthur Fleck. You know, it only made twenty million. Notice, notice, notice they called it Joker and not the Joker. And then I, I believe, not to interrupt you, but really quick, I believe yeah. Todd Phillips had he made some comments later at post, you know, post release that maybe this Joker is the one that inspired the Joker that we know. You know, and it was like I'm like that's that's I, it would that's dumb. <laughs> it would have worked better the other way. It would have worked better. It would have worked better. Yeah, if, if our Joker was, inspired this dude. Thank you. Yeah. Right. That 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 does make sense cuz this dude inspired by the comics almost like Unbreakable mm, where where mm, Mr. Glass. Glass has found his 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 hero right. that he can terrorize. Right. His you know his equal. Right. But you but you see my point though as far as even with the brutal killing of Charlie and I guess we're supposed to believe that he killed that psychiatrist in the final scene cuz he walks out and there's blood, you know, on on his shoes and right. everything. Right. Even those that type of brutality that's not joker to me that's not even that's you know what i'm saying it's like yeah the joker is brutal and vicious and he's a sociopath and all these other things but there's always a there's a method to his madness that that's what throws batman off because it's like you look at what he's doing you're like this motherfucker is completely out of his mind but then you, oh wait a minute he was planning x y and z all along you know what I'm saying? with you there's but again, no, I mean, aside I from him see. being 60, 63 years old by the time Batman is really in the flesh, <laughs> you, you want him to mature. If this was called Joker Year One, <laughs> then there's some, there, uh-huh. you know, there's some room for this. Uh-huh. There's some room for this to happen. Okay, but there, but so I take your point on the seed. There's a rumor, not a rumor. I shouldn't say it's a rumor. There's a desire, I think, from some people to see this Joker get, you know, put into the Matt Reeves, you know, universe mm-hmm. that's being built. Do you see Joaquin mm-hmm. coming back as the Joker? 
Nah, I, 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 no. I, mm-hmm. I think I, I think we need to be done with Joker films. I mm-hmm. think we need to be done with the Joker period. And I know we're going to talk about this a little bit. I mean, I do like the fact that the Riddler uh, is going to get some play as the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that we should just take a rest with Joker on out. the Joker. Because I mean, out. dude, there's there's been all kind you know there's been all kind of Joker movies. Jared mm-hmm. Leto was been was 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 thinking about reprising the Joker role well, he, he he wanted talk, to. in talks he was to pissed. do it yeah, with Warner Brothers, and he got mad right. because it, exactly. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Everybody wants to play the Joker. Right. I mean, okay. So I, before we move on, I mean, bottom line to me, this film wasn't a bad movie. Um, to me, it was much ado about nothing. Though um, I feel that it was. As if I if I take Batman completely out of this movie, and just you know yeah. make this you know just the Arthur Fleck movie, Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne's not in it. It's not Gotham. It's New York, nineteen seventy nine, whatever. Right, and this guy's um, inspired by comics, and, and this guy's inspired by comics. Live, that to me is a better film. Joker. Uh-huh. I would still say that more of the characters need to be fleshed out. Like just take the riots for example. You know he shoots three people in the subway. All of a sudden, we're inspired by you know the subway killer, and we're rioting. Give me a character. You know, from that world. Yeah, there wasn't know. there wasn't enough information as to, other than what we as the audience could provide to it mm-hmm. from our own understanding of why everybody would have this big classism issue. Right. It's like give me something other than a garbage strike. Give me a character from that world. Show me something. I thought I thought maybe that's what Zazie Beats was supposed to be, but no, uh, she was one dimensional as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she was underutilized. I did like how he projected. I like that her, part too. This relationship, right? I like that part I too. I think she was underutilized. I like that part too, except for the fact that they felt the need after we realized that he had, you know, projected her, and you know, she wasn't really there. They felt the need to show us those clips to show to make sure they drive that point home. Like, no, she wasn't. I got it. It's like you know what I'm right. saying. This is what yeah. I'm saying. You try. You're not as smart as you think, or as you as you're portraying yourself to be when you do stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I, I feel that if it was just a movie about Arthur Fleck, I would have I would have liked it more. But to bring, I still felt like it needed more, even in that regard. It just mm-hmm. needed more. It just wasn't it wasn't as deep as everybody. You know, I keep hearing people talking about how oh this is just so. I'm just not feeling it. I'm like, there's far better movies. I, I've never seen this movie. Um, I heard it mentioned the other day. You were never really here, which is another film that Phoenix did, and I guess it deals also with some mental issues. Um, but the, you know, I've heard it to be a very, very good film and I'm going to check it out. Cause I'm, I'm thinking, okay, well maybe this is a, a portrayal that they should have, you know, maybe mirrored a little bit more in, in Joker. I don't know. Um, and I, then I'd also, you know, not to compare the two, cause you shouldn't compare, mm-hmm. I think this Joker or to what, um, uh, to what my man Heath Ledger did, but I did watch dark Knight. I hadn't watched dark Knight in years. Um, yeah. but a couple of nights after seeing Joker, I did go back and watch the dark Knight, and man. I got to tell you, man, I mean, I, you can't say enough about it. I mean, that's he, it. he nailed yeah, that's it. it. That he nailed it. And there's there is the the level of sociopath and the mental illness that's there and the kind of, you know, just bizarreness that's there with him. But there's also that he has a plan. You know, it doesn't seem like he has a plan. His plan is mm-hmm. chaos, but mm-hmm. there's method to his chaos. There's method mm-hmm. to his madness. Mm-hmm. And there's a beautiful scene where um, in the interrogation room, when uh, Batman goes to, to bar the door and Joker just leans over and he says, look at you go. And it's like, <laughs> man, it's like, that's the Joker, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, listen, it made, Joker's made a, a lot of money. So I'm sure everybody's seen it. If you haven't seen it, 
you know, check it out. It's worth seeing, but I, you know, if it's such a polarizing film, I think you're going to either fall one way or the other. Um, and to, I think I'm in the minority. I think most people do feel like it's a masterpiece and it's that, this, that, and the third. I just didn't feel that way at all. all yeah, right, I, I did like it. On. I wouldn't call it a masterpiece. I don't need to see it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree that there was some missed opportunities and really no need for the Waynes to even appear in this. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, what's right. next? Well, sticking um, with the Batman, sticking with Batman stuff. Um, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Cause there were some cast announcements. Yeah. So, I mean, last episode we talked about, um, my man, uh, Jeffrey Wright, um, being cast as commissioner. And I think, you know what, when we did that episode, it was almost like they were, it was still kind of like not, you know, solid, not in concrete, whether he was commissioner Gordon. But then when Zoe Kravitz was announced as Catwoman the other day, um, they were like, yeah, you know, commissioner Gordon is, is Jeffrey Wright. So it was like done deal. Um, so we had, and, and then what the next day, I think yeah. it was Zoe Kravis, Catwoman, one, I think it was like Tuesday or something like that. Then Wednesday, uh, what's my man's name who dropped out? Um, uh, the actor who was, a uh, Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill, Joe, was, Jonah Hill, Jonah, Jonah Hill, Hill was, 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 was rumored Paul to be either Riddler or Penguin. And he had been talks for like months, like the last two months he's been in talks and dropped out. And then the next day after that, the Thursday or whatever, Paul Dano is, uh, is, is the Riddler. Um, so what do you, I mean, how are you feeling about this cast? And we got a black commissioner Gordon. we got a black cat woman. How are you feeling about that? And, you know, Paul Dano as Riddler, not, not the Joker, not the penguin, but the Riddler. Okay. Um, first and foremost, I think there's no chance for any kind of Gordon Batman relationship that we were hoping for. Mm-hmm. I think that's completely out the door. Cause now you got the Joker and Catwoman. You got two Riddler, Riddler. Yeah, uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't seen a movie yet where Zoe Kravitz being in it motivated me to go see it. Right, right. Um, I am kind of hoping because of the prominence of this role that she that gets that it, stage. That she does get that stage. I liked her in Dope. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually voiced Catwoman in the Lego Batman movie, mm. and she also voiced uh, um, Mary Jane in uh, the Spideyverse. Right. Miles Morales right. cartoon. I forgot so about she's that. got some super superhero comic book lore experience mm-hmm. uh, aside from you know the X Men first class mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Uh, so I am hoping I am hoping that this will give her uh, the opportunity to really put develop some skill mm-hmm. uh, or show some skill that she's developed over the years. Um, I do like Paul Dano. Who, um, and what from what he, I've read, what has he been in this year? Have you seen him anything? I mean, I, I feel like I've seen he, him, but I don't. He, he he was the he was the he was the son turned evangelist in their will be blood. Okay, the so Paul I Thomas seen Anderson that. movie with Daniel with Daniel yeah, Day Daniel Lewis. Great yeah. movie. Okay. Great movie. He was also the brother in um Little Miss Sunshine. Okay. Which, Didn't see that either. Mm-mm. Um watch both of them. Okay. Right. He so looks, he looks like he could be the Riddler. I mean, just looking at him, he looks like. It. But from what I've heard, he's a great actor. Like I, the mm-hmm. things I've read, it's like he's well regarded. He's regarded as a, as a great actor. Yeah, he's got real. He's got real range, mm-hmm. and you you could see it in both of those movies, mm-hmm. the ones that I mentioned, No Miss Sunshine and um, uh, There Will Be Blood. So I mean, are so you, I think it's a smart pick. Are you? And I had more, read that he was he was like on standby, basically. That if this right. Jonah Hill deal doesn't doesn't go, you're you're up. Right, because I mean, it happened the next day, so it was it, it, it? That was obvious. It was like as soon as Jonah Hill pulled out, it was like boom. So are you yeah. more? Because with Jonah Hill, I was like, okay, I could see. Obviously, 
he, you know, I think people lean towards Penguin because in previous roles, he's been a little portly. He's, he's slimmed down, but then he can also get portly if he wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you want that for the Penguin. And, you know, this version of the Penguin, you're thinking it's probably going to be more gangster oriented than, you know, uh, Danny DeVito, Batman 2 oriented. Um, but are you and then, you know, as, as the Riddler, I couldn't really see Joan Hill as the Riddler like that. For some reason, I just wasn't working in my mind. Mm-hmm. But are you I, I, personally, I'm more excited about the Riddler than the Penguin. I want to see the Riddler because I feel like the Riddler is just not a Jim Carrey played him, but he's not a character that we've seen explored in, in, in film. And I feel like he's he deserves the attention. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm done with the Joker. I'm like you. I don't want to see any more Joker for a while. Um, yeah. So I'm excited about the Riddler. Uh, but Catwoman, I'm excited about Catwoman. I'm excited about Zoe Kravitz. She makes perfect sense to me. I mean, I think the other there was the rumor was that um, the other actors that were up for the role um, were Zazie Beetz, um, Isaac Gonzalez, and Alicia Vikander. I don't know about Alicia Vikander. I think that I don't know if that's confirmed because that's it seems odd that I mean she's quote unquote a list actor. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of hers, but she's an a list actor. She's you know leading. She gets leading roles, so if she was involved. It seems like we would have heard that rumor a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but Zazie, you know, Zazie just played uh, in Deadpool 2. Um, yeah. She played Domino in Deadpool 2. So I, if Zazie would have got cast, I wouldn't have been mad at that either. I think because, listen, for Catwoman, it's not just enough to be, you know, the, the character or the actor who plays Catwoman has to be attractive, obviously. But you also have to be sexy. Catwoman's whole thing is about sex appeal. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, nailed it, like killed it, you know, in uh, Batman 2. So Zazie has that sexiness. Um and so does uh uh so does um Joe. Zoe Kravitz. So I can mm-hmm. see, you know, when they said Zoe Kravitz, like that makes sense. She's she's attractive, she's mm-hmm. sexy, mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. you know, you can see her, you know, being feline, you can see her being strong and you know, um kicking somebody's ass, you know, you can see her doing the the stunts. Um, it makes sense. So you know, I'm but before we leave Batman, I just wanna say I feel like <clears throat> I'm kind of in agreement with you. I'm I'm worried that we're not gonna get the characters, you know, fleshed out the way we want because there's so many of them. Specifically, the Gordon, um, you know, Batman relationship that we talked about before. We can talk about it again on another episode. But I'm still, I'm still keeping hope alive, man. I'm still crossing my fingers, hoping that Matt Reeves is going to be able to juggle all these and that some of these, if he casts more villains, as is rumored that we're going to get this Rogues Gallery of villains. I'm hoping that it's going to be snippets of them like they did in, uh, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming or some of the other Marvel films where it's like you got or Civil War or not Civil War. Um, yeah, Civil War, where you got snippets of certain, you know, um, villains, yeah. but they didn't have to be a part of the main narrative. So we get room to see, you know, things fleshed out. I just don't want to see like we said last episode, man, I don't want to see um, Jeffrey Wright get wasted. Um, he's too great of an actor for that. And I also don't want to see the. I, or I should say, I want to see Matt Reeves and and his uh, his writers, his co-writer, take a chance and actually get some depth to these characters that says, "Hey, it's different when you have a black Commissioner Gordon. It's different when you have a black Catwoman." You know, are we going to get that? Probably not. But I'm I'm going to keep hope alive. I'm, I'm a Jesse Jackson. This shit. Um, all right. Mm. So, well, wait. Let me just say one thing. I'm uh, with Paul Dano as mm-hmm. Riddler. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me feel positively that this Riddler is going to be more like the Frank Gorshin Riddler from the 60s television show. Oh, uh, yeah, As yeah, opposed yeah. to yeah. the Jim Carrey Oh, Riddler, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I, I think, 
I've never liked. I think, yeah, I think I agree with you. And I think he's going to be, I'm wondering how steeped in, you know, mob outfit territory this is going to be. Um, is the Riddler going to be that character that, you know, was a former mob, or was a former, you know, member of the outfit and then something happens and, you know, I don't, I don't know, but are we, are we going to get an origin story? Or is he going to emerge fully fleshed? I don't know. It's rumored that Reeves's deal is to do three, uh, three films, that this is going to be the first of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has room. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. What's next? Um, oh, uh, what's no time to think of a good title for, <laughs> The 25th Bond movie. <laughs> Listen, I, I know you are not, you're not feeling um, No Time to Die for Bond 25. I'm actually, it's growing on me. It's growing on me. And I think I texted you, we talked about this over via text. No Time to Die, Live and Let Die, right. Die Another Day. Tomorrow I'll Never Die. Yeah. <laughs> um, die, Die, Die. I mean, it's a Bond motif. It's a Bond motif. But what did it for me, when I first heard the title, because I saw it in the headline, of course, that day, you can never, because uh, if you go to, to uh, the Jan- official James Bond YouTube, you know, uh, yeah. channel, you can still watch the title reveal as they mm-hmm. reveal the title. Mm-hmm. And the problem with living in 2019 is that you could never get those moments anymore. Because the first time I saw the title, it flashed up on my phone as a headline from you know whatever you know news outlet. And so that's when I first read it, like in that yeah. type in that font without the presentation. So it was like, mm-hmm. that's a whack-ass title. I was like, no time to talk. That's horrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I didn't like it for the first day. I think I texted you and Jan. I was like, this is this is horrible. So then I watched the title reveal. Still thought it was horrible because mm-hmm. I was mad. But then I kept watching the title reveal. And I got to say, man, it grew on me. I like it now. I like the way, if you ha- if you haven't seen it, go um, to, to the listeners. If you guys haven't seen it, definitely go to uh, the 007 um uh, YouTube channel and check it out because it's still it's still at the top. You can get it's just like you know it's like twenty seconds, and you know Daniel Craig just is like walking and you see the title reveal behind him and then he's standing on the edge of like the ear or whatever. And the way yeah, he it's looks, good animation. Yeah, it's good animation. It's, it's, it's good font choice. And the way he looks at you, it's like you know you feel that Bond feel again. And of course, there's the music. So I, I'm feeling it though. But let, let me ask you this: We haven't gotten a trailer yet, though. We haven't gotten a No Time to Die trailer. Um, They'll have a trailer by Thanksgiving. You think so? Okay, so the movie drops in April. They so have we, to. We, we have to have a trailer about Thanksgiving. You got to have a trailer before Thanksgiving because you got to have a trailer for a Bond film before Star Wars happens. Right. Yeah, you don't want to drop it in December. Because nobody's going to go to the movies other than to see Star Wars in January or February. Mm-hmm. So, but here's the thing, though. I'm not worried. You know, I'm not I'm not worried, but I'm only, the only reason I'm not worried is because of one thing, and that's the, um, actually, let me get the name of it right. The, uh, what was it called? Um... The onset with Bond 25 Jamaica thing that they dropped. They dropped it three yes. months ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a minute long. Um, again, it's still on the YouTube channel. You guys can go check it out. Um, and it was basically a, you know, one minute kind of look at a couple scenes from what they have filmed in Jamaica, what they were filming in Jamaica, and also some behind the scenes of like you actually watching them film the movie. So you actually get to see them filming this, you know, filming the scenes in Jamaica. And it was excellent. I mean, I was I was hyped about it. I think I, I you know, I hit you immediately. I was just I, yeah. you know, I, tweet, I yeah. tweeted it. I posted it, whatever. It looked great. It looked phenomenal, man. But here's the thing that does that. That that is the one thing that makes me feel like I'm not worried because I feel like, OK, if that's what the movie is going to be like, we're good. We're good. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what makes me worried, I'm a little bit worried about Eon. Um, altogether because and maybe this is another we can do this later this is a show we can do but if you look at okay that happened three months ago 
two months before that, they had the Bond 25, what they're calling, they call it the live reveal, right? This was yeah. 20 minutes. This was like, they, they were in, they had just got to Jamaica. They hadn't started filming yet. It was on a uh, golden eye, you know, Ian Fleming's, um, uh, estate or whatever. And it was, it was, it wasn't good. I don't know if you even, did you even watch it? Cause I think, I don't think you watched it. Uh, no, I didn't watch it. Okay. I, I saw some snippet, but no. Yeah, it wasn't good. So what it was, um, what we thought it was going to be, what everyone thought it was going to be, was going to be the traditional Bond title reveal. You get the name of the movie, the cast is introduced. You maybe you get some ideas of what's going to happen in the movie, whatever, whatever. What it ended up being was just basically a very awkward conversation between uh, Craig and some of the actors who kind of hadn't, it, it felt like they didn't really know what was going on yet or they couldn't talk about it. Um, you got, you didn't get a title reveal. You didn't get really anything. Um, and that was, okay. So that was five months ago. Then we got the, the Jamaica thing that I loved, which was three months ago. Then we got the bond title reveal, um, two months ago, which was great. But then we got the first official bond poster. Did you see this thing? Does it, no, does it, it was the like- one, it was the one I sent you and I said, it looks like he just came out the bathroom and then they slapped no time to die on it. You just, you, oh. you, you might even just skipped it. Maybe you laughed. And I might have skipped it. It just was horrible. Looked at the thumbnail and kept it moving. It was horrible. It was, it was, it's, it's, you know, and it's, listen, it's a teaser poster, so we can't, you know, it is what it is. And posters in general now for most movies are not good, but this was a, um, it was basically like a snapshot from, from on set, I think in, I don't know if it was Jamaica or somewhere where they're filming in Italy. I'm not sure where it was, but you know, Bond is coming out of somewhere, out of a cafe or something, and then it just it just says "No Time to Die" on it in the title font. It was very, it felt very unthought out. You know, it felt like very almost like last minute, and that kind of concerns me that that type of stuff is still happening. Um, but so you combine that with you know that first you know live reveal thing and that that would get me worried. So really, what I'm saying is that the only things that has me not worried at this point, since we don't have mm-hmm. a trailer and we don't know what we're, what it's going to look like, mm-hmm. is um, the 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 Jamaica thing and the actual title reveal. Um, other than that, I, I'd be a little shook. But I mean, you're worried about it being a good film because of the imbalanced uh, pre-promotion. I'm a little concerned about that, not necessarily in the sense that, because I feel like this is going to be a good film because of Fukunaga um, and because of the clip from the Jamaica clip and a couple of things I've seen. You know, there's all types of stuff on the Internet. If you want to go look, you can see a lot of the filming stuff from from Italy. So I'm not concerned necessarily about the film. I am a little bit concerned about Eon, though, man, because you got to. Again, that's why I say this is probably another show, but, you know, they. It's been it's been five years since Spectre. It took them forever to get that shit together with their distributors. Yeah. Um, if you look at the Craig films, you know you had a great Casino Royale, one of the best um, Bond films ever. Quantum Solace, although it's one of my personal favorites, I can understand why a lot of people don't like it. You had the writer strike, strike, strike short storyline. Yeah. Right. Then you had you know the other elements involved, and then you come back with Skyfall, which although mm-hmm. had a lot of you know huge plot point plot holes, it was still a very um, polished and very successful movie for them. And then you come back with Spectre, which in my my stand, my viewpoint was disappointing. So mm-hmm. I'm just worried about where Eon is at right now. What what's going on there? Because then you look at, you know, this this, you know, and again, I say it's a teaser poster. So you can't put, you know, you can't really right. put too much stock into it. But how does something right. like that come out of a major studio that's been doing this for 50 years? You know, that's that poster was god awful, man. It looked like it almost looked well, like I, did. I mean, the t- to me, the title is god awful. So <laughs> there's some consistency there in that side. And I mean, I know what do you think about the title? What do you think about the title? Nobody lives forever. 
because that was that's that was a book title. I think a John Gardner book title. I thought that's there was a rumor that that's what it's going to be. Nobody. Lives I think forever. that's much better. Yeah, that sounds. I think more that's Bonya, much better. Right? We know that it, you know we know that it's Craig's last film. Um, it's not too on the nose, but it's a nod toward that. Mm-hmm. And um, No Time to Die is a little harder though. You know, what I'm saying it has a little bit more umph to it. You need that umph, don't you? And yeah, Forever hasn't been that that used that much. I mean, Diamonds Are Forever, but I can't think of another Bond title that had the word forever in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that satisfies my redundancy issue that I have. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, I know that you know this, but you know, they're there to film a movie. They're not there to film a series of vignettes and True. make sure, you know, and do double work to make sure that we've got enough in the can that we can even do a vignette, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't disagree of the shoddy workmanship over some of the promotions, but I have to admit, I'm, I'm glad not to. I feel good about the focus not being on the social channels because we've already seen Craig walk out of the uh, out, of, out of the DB4. Mm-hmm. We've seen how he's dressed. We've seen him in a cast working out. To, so because he, he's you know what I'm, I mean we've 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 seen, seen all that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. We've seen enough evidence that this that this film is full on in production, mm-hmm. um, and you know uh, uh, hey. Star Wars is coming. Mm-hmm. Star Wars is coming. So, you, you so at a certain point, yeah, it, it, you know, at a certain point, you can't punch yourself out because you'll never defeat the juggernaut of Star Wars. And mm-hmm. Star Wars is the juggernaut's going to happen tomorrow mm-hmm. with the trailer. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I guess to me, I feel that, and it is it is tricky for Bond to make sure that they're timing things right to avoid, you know, the Star Wars maelstrom that's going to happen. Um, over the next couple months, but there is a lot of even though Star Wars is this huge juggernaut, you know the Bond franchise has been around longer. You know what I'm saying? It's and it's it's been you know for it's it's the longest you know unreal you know uh, franchise. That's that right. I can think that's of. right. So that's right. That's right. I feel that there but is. But it's some... never been child focused, which no. means that it's never been marketing driven. Towards kids, right? I, I get what to, you're toward, saying. Yeah, Star Wars. Gets it doesn't kids generate and sales, right? Kids. Uh, There's Star no Wars ancillary revenue or multiple revenue streams off of James Bond. Star Wars gets younger kids because Bond does get kids, but not, you know, not five and six year olds like Star Wars going to get. So I, I get that. Right. But right. I feel that I'm, I'm cool if something does drop by Thanksgiving. I think we're, uh-huh. we're OK. Something has yeah. to drop by Thanksgiving. A I'm trailer with you right has there. To drop. Yeah. You got to start. This, this movie comes out April. You got early April, April 8th, I think, in the States. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe April third um, in, in the UK, but you, you got to plant start, that flag. Yeah, you got to start let building Star up the Wars happen, and then um, pick it right back up. Right, because with all because with all great franchises, no matter how how long it's been gone, when you hear that James Bond theme, you're gonna be like, yeah. oh shit. I'm, you know what I'm, it is. I'm getting my ticket. I'm, I'm gonna get. You know what this is. <laughs> yeah. You already know. You, know what you it already is. know. <laughs> you, you already know. Right. right. All right. Let's move on. So, can we talk about Star Wars coming out? Uh, actually, you know what. Let's talk about your boy, Kevin Feige. Um, okay, you want to skip because this that? man got another job. Yeah, he. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, really quickly, I think this is this was. I mean, this is somewhat confusing and somewhat clear. You know, he's been promoted to CCO, so create chief creative, chief creative officer. Um, basically, from what I glean, this means that he is. The you know I was about to say the H and I C he is <laughs> he's at the top he's uh-huh. at the top of the heat um, uh-huh. what's my man's name what did Morgan Freeman what did he play Joe um, in that movie uh, Lean on Me what was his Joe 
Oh, um, Joe. Um, uh, Matthew, Mor- was it Morgan? No, not Morgan. Mm-mm. Morgan Mm-mm. Freeman. Uh, Joe. Come to me. Keep going. But anyway, so Kevin Feige got his job. <laughs> so he's, mm-hmm. He's, mm-hmm. he's at the top of the heap, not only of the films, television, um, even publishing to a degree. Um, so basically what this means is that Marvel is they've seen what he can do and they've seen kind of the the I guess the chaos a little bit or some of the disorder. Joe Clark. Joe Clark. Joe Clark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Feige is now Joe Clark of the of the Marvel Universe. You heard it here first. So of, of the MCU. So he's, you know, CCO, meaning he's going to be in charge of TV and film. So everything's going to connect up. Everything's going to connect together. Um, and publishing, which I don't think, you know, all the all the cast that are in charge of the comics right now, the Marvel comics, they're not going anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Joe Quesada and the rest of them. So you're not going to see, you know, all these comments get wiped out and then now everything has to connect to the to the films. That's not going to happen. Um, I think this what that just means is that Kevin Feige is going to give an input, you know, or, or is available to give input. But I think his focus is still going to be on the cinematic stuff. So TV, film, you know, it's everything's going to be connected now. But I, I, I guess over the next couple of months, we'll learn more how that's going to flesh out. At this point, it's a little bit exciting and I'm a, I have a little bit of trepidation about it because the exciting part is that any fans of the Marvel Netflix shows will tell you it's it was irritating as hell not to see Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage True. and all of them you know, connected to yeah. what was going on in the MCU. That was irritating. Um, so this 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 kind of says nothing like that will happen again. But the negative side of it is that there is some um, there is there are some positives associated with having disparate um, desperate uh, you know storytelling storylines. So you can have something going on in the Runaways that doesn't have to connect with something going on in Avengers Endgame. You know you can have something going on in Cloak and Dagger that doesn't necessarily have to impact what's going on in you know the next Spider Man movie. You know vice versa. So it's like you don't have to have all this tangential connections and you don't have to watch all of this stuff in order to stay current. You don't have to watch every single Disney plus um, television show that's coming out, Marvel TV show. You can kind of, you know, pick and choose a la carte what you want to watch. So I'm not sure. Listen, Feige and his team are very, obviously very intelligent people. So I'm sure that they're aware of the dangers of making it seem like you have to consume everything in order to, um, be interested or enjoy anything. I'm sure that they are going to make sure that you can still, you know, pick and choose certain things. At least I'm hoping that's what will happen. How, how do you feel about it? Well, I'm hoping that this is a, a vanity title in response to uh, fear that because Feige's going to do a Star Wars movie that he would leave the MCU mm. and start rolling with Lucasfilm mm-hmm. full time. Mm. Um I I am worried. I, I question if TV, for example, is that his lane? Is publishing? Is developing uh, um, the established comic book storylines and having all of that run through him? Is that his lane? Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me instantly of what happened in 2016, where Apple Computer elevated Johnny Ive to chief design officer <clears throat> and put all hardware and software under his purview. Um, And that community is still debating the merits of that. Um, Johnny Ive, he, he, he recently retired a few months ago. Um, Well, not retired. (laughs) Yeah, but right. He started his own thing. (laughs) That and Apple's his primary client. Right. Um, But you know, they're still trying to fix the, the, the keyboard issue 
mm-hmm. on the MacBook Pros. Mm-hmm. Um, so the hope is that hope is that Kevin Feige is going to Joe Clark it and not Johnny Ivey it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just, I, I just really hoping that this is a PR move. Do to you? Try to keep but that do separation you? Separation between Marvel and Lucasfilm. But let's say it is a PR move, and let's say it is kind of entitled a vanity thing. There's definite movement by Disney to say, or by you know Marvel Studios to say, you know our, our film properties and our television properties are going to be more closely connected, you know, and not just because of his promotion, but also because of the Disney Plus shows. So do mm-hmm. you, are you happy about that? Or are you, are you, or is there any concern, you know, with, for that? Um, cause like I say, I can see the positive. I can't really answer that until, until, you know, year two, season two of everything that was announced, mm-hmm. you know, will there be some shows that fall off that were presented on that, on, on that, on that outline? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, there's 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 a bit of the wild west that's still playing out in streaming um no one knows how this is going to shake out um apple for whatever you feel about their foray into streaming original content this year they're coming you know they're they're coming right right they got jennifer aniston they got steve carell they they got they got uh um Lisa Bonet's husband, Aquaman. I just forget the brother's name. You know, in that <laughs> series, yeah, J- J- yeah. You, I mean, they're coming. Right. They're not playing around. So, so I, I think I think at a certain at a certain point, if you're Disney, knowing that you have a clearing, bro, you remember that link I sent you where they made a three and a half hour movie. Disney yeah. put a three and a half hour yeah, movie show showing you everything. you everything that's going to be on Disney Plus. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think they'd it. have done that if Apple wasn't <laughs> <laughs> stepping into the game. Yeah, because I mean, or, that was their, that was their, that was their announcement that, that we've got, to... yeah, how many decades worth of content that we're about to right. hand you, you know, for six ninety nine or whatever a month. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, hey, don't forget, mm-hmm. we got Mickey Mouse. Right. We not and starting Mouse from scratch. Is, Mickey Mouse is going to trump Captain America and Thor every time mm-hmm. well so, i mean but that's but i'm saying yeah disney plus that's they got all they got mickey mouse they got thor they got captain america i see your point they're not they just coming Luke, with they captain got america Vader, they thor. got they got they got all of it yeah, you know so so i think would it be re- what will be really interesting is for us to have this conversation 366 days from now mm-hmm. yeah what, it'll be interesting what, has, how what has shaken out yeah so okay, so something else happened at Marvel um, last week. Um, there was a tweet. Ryan Reynolds tweeted his a picture of himself um, in front of the Marvel Studio sign, just basically letting you know that he was um, at Marvel Studios. And you know, of course, in typical um, uh, Ryan Johnson or Ryan Johnson, typical um, that, Ryan Reynolds definitely. flavor, you know, he he tweeted you know some type of uh, funny you know uh, line with it, but. It was basically him saying that he had a meeting at Marvel Studios. So Deadpool was at Marvel Studios. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, you can take from this what you want. But basically, you know, obviously this probably wasn't their first meeting. I'm sure they had many meetings. Yeah. Um, but this was the first time that it was like, hey, let's let the world know that we're going we are. In that direction. Yeah, we're going in that direction. We've acquired, you know, Fox now. So we are definitely going to be, you know, pursuing more Deadpool content. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. To me, I, you know, there's been speculation about whether or not, you know, Marvel slash Disney would do a R-rated film, you know, or are they going to PG-13 Deadpool? I feel like there's definitely, Deadpool is definitely going to be the first R-rated, the next Deadpool, mm-hmm. Deadpool 3 is going to be the first R-rated 
you know, MCU film. And mm-hmm. I really don't have all the, you know, reservations or, you know, concerns or how are they going to do that? And how is Disney going to do that? I don't have any of that concern, man. Cause I feel like they're going to put this movie out. It's not going to be Disney is not going to be the first, you know, logo you see. It's not going to be stamped on it. You know, prominently you're going to see the Marvel logo. Um, I don't think it's going to be connected to the MCU universe as far as like canical. I don't think that you're going to have to see Deadpool and other, see uh, the other movies. I don't think it's going to play a role in this next phase of storytelling other than it's going to be, you may see cameos from certain MCU, you know, um, right. characters, you know, which is what happens in Deadpool comics. You know, Deadpool breaks that wall all the time. So I can see he's going to do it again. And basically maybe he'll talk about the fact that, you know, he's been bought by Disney. You know, he'll probably talk about that in the film. Um, you might see, you know, Captain America, Chris Evans show up, you know, maybe Deadpool will go back and visit him in the 1940s or whatever, you know, just crazy shit like that. Charlie Cox mm-hmm. from Daredevil could show up, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you never know mm-hmm. what's going to happen in a Deadpool movie, but I'm actually, I was actually glad to see this tweet because I, I want to see them move forward with this project. Yeah. Well, anytime that, uh, there's a there's a there's a rating change in a Disney movie. It makes headlines. I remember 1979, a film called The Black Hole was the first Disney movie that was rated PG. Damn. Um, happy to say that they announced that Black Hole will be available on Disney Plus. That I've, I've always loved that movie. <laughs> is that what you Max went to? Million was when my you, guy. When they released the list, is that the first one you went to? <laughs> Let me see if Black Hole is going to be on. Here. I didn't need to because they put they put that in the article, <laughs> so I was good. Wow. Wow. You know, the first thing I went to when they released the list, I went, I looked to see a Rebels, if Star Wars uh-huh. Rebels going to be, and it is. So I'm, I'm be rebeled out for the like, Beautiful. first, first Beautiful. week. Beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, I, I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what, though. If Peter Parker or T'Challa is, 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 is uh, in a film that Deadpool shows up in or that they show up in, it's not going to be rated R. No, I, I mean, I think that the, the, right now that's their that's their bread and butter yeah i think the concern or the kind of thing you have to be very careful about with deadpool and who you have cameo in his movies is that you don't want to disturb the tone of their movies so you don't Mm -hmm. want t'challa to show up and say something so goofy that the next time you see t'challa in another you know movie it's like you still thinking about how goofy it was in that that deadpool movie so that's why i say chris evans i think you know his his captain america i could see him being in a deadpool movie one because he's you know he's out of the quote unquote out of the MCU, um, so I could see him showing up. I could actually see Spider Man showing up, but it won't happen because you know that deal with Sony. They can only put Spider Man in one other MCU movie, so they're not going to mm-hmm. put him in a Deadpool movie. But mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. Um, what's next? What's next is um, well, we're getting into Star Wars territory. Tony Gilroy. Uh, is now attached to the Star Wars Andor series. Mm. Did this did, when you saw this? Did, did this surprise you? Knowing about Rogue One, did this surprise you? Uh, I wouldn't say surprise. It did make me happy mm. that 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 there that there'd be a code. I believe that there would be a cogent tone mm. between the uh, Cassian Andor um, story and connecting with uh, what we know about him from Rogue One. Mm. That same tone and. Um, could be the same uh i mean i call it grit but i mean rogue one it wasn't I, it wasn't like gritty in that yeah, way but it, but it was good <laughs> it was good it was a war movie it, it was as close as the closest thing that we've seen to like a war movie in a star wars film yeah in a film I still occupation contend. an occupation that's 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 the best way to say it right, not I a still, war 
I still contend that Clone Wars, the animated series, did the best job of showing us what an actual war would look like in Star Wars. Right, 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 right. But I need to your point. To your point, yeah, I agree with you. Yes, I wasn't surprised, and I was very happy as well because of the way, like Rogue One. You know, you had um, uh, uh, Gareth uh, Edwards, I think it's the director of Rogue One. Um, You had him, you know put together this movie and i think the rumor is that the you know the, the director's cut quote quote unquote director's cut is mm-hmm. much more raw and even quote unquote grittier than you know what we actually got in a the theatrical release but you saw you know they brought tony gilroy in on that film um initially he was a screenwriter an uncredited screenwriter co-screenwriter mm-hmm. for that film mm-hmm. but then when he had they brought him in for the reshoots you know when i guess when they needed to do you know i don't know if they needed to tone things down or they weren't happy with some of the things that edwards did i don't know We'll find that out, I guess, in a book, you know, 20 years from now. But bringing him in for the reshoots, he did, you know, some more writing. So he got a writer's credit and you yeah. saw the end result of that film. And I, to me, Rogue One, I really, I, you know, Rogue One is 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 definitely one of my favorite Star Wars films. And I would say that final act, you know, when they when, yeah. it's, when it's just all out, when it's just like, you know, to your point, when it's war and yeah. that assault on, a, you know, my man's uh, 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 headquarters or whatever. That, you know, that's some of the best Star Wars ever. You know, I loved it. Um, now, the funny thing is that, so so yeah, that, I, I say that to say that I was excited to see Tony Gilroy is now going to be attached to this casting Andor series, a character that was introduced in Rogue One. And really, this series is based off of one scene. It was that scene, the beginning of the film, when he shoots his mm-hmm. dude, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. dude's working for him, but he kills him. And a lot of Star Wars has loved that scene. They're like, wow, this is just, you know, that's just so cold-blooded. And they want to know more about his character, so on and so forth. So this is supposed to be a spy thriller. That's what this is. That's what they're billing this series as. So mm-hmm. to bring Tony Gilroy in, who uh, co-wrote, or did he write? He either wrote or co-wrote the first two Bourne films, uh, maybe the first three um, Jason Bourne movies. Um so obviously this dude has a lot of pedigree when it comes to that type of, you know, action spy thrillers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think that this, this actually gets me, I really wasn't excited about the, the Andor series. Um, I think we talked about it on a previous show, but this actually got me excited. Um, now I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we also know that, uh, the droid will be in too. K2SO. My man. Yeah. K2SO. Yeah. Now My what man. I'm hoping, what I'm really hoping mm-hmm. is that we see Orson Krennic. We see Ben <sighs> Mendelsohn. You know, Can't and it's, it's okay. Let me, well, let me say this first. I, I do. That's my one issue with Rogue One. I think I hated that he died because I feel that, you know, you and I are great fans of the, the delete, the deleted scene, the cut scene when he's, you know, he gets all up in Vader's face and it's yeah. like, you know, telling him he doesn't understand the power, you know, what he's talking right. about. And I'm like, man, um, that's why, that's why, ba- that's why he got choked. Dude, that's why I went to go see the movie. Because <laughs> you know I'm, I'm like that one scene. I was like, I got to see that. And then how the Power. disappointment when they when that scene ended and I was like, oh, my God, it's not. They cut that. They cut that line. But he he was just a great character. Ben Mendelsohn. I mean, he's he's fantastic, man. If you haven't seen Captain Marvel, he's he's it's worth seeing Captain Marvel just to see him. Um, but yeah, so I, I would want to see him in this. But let me ask you this really quickly. Does it hurt anything for you with a series like Cassie and or with these characters? Does it hurt anything for you knowing when you already know their end, when you know what happens to them? Does that does no. that affect you at all? No, because it kind of affects me a little bit. I feel like I'm still very interested, but I'm like I, I feel better watching something when I don't know what's going to be the end result of these these characters. You know, what well, is, you knew you, you you knew going into Rogue One, going into the film itself that everybody that dies. 
Yeah. But I didn't know how they because died. Because that and I movie didn't know credit. was based on that one little nugget in, in episode right. four. I didn't know how they died, and I didn't know if Krennic died. You see what I'm saying? So true, 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 true. Now true, true. that I know not only that they die, I know how they die. I don't know. It's just I, I would feel better. I'm still excited, and I, I really hope that it would be great if Ben Mendelsohn, even if he's only in a couple episodes, that'd be fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to see him come back. All right, what's next? Um. Oh well, I alluded to it earlier, but the that the official trailer for the Rise of Star Wars. Here we go. The Rise of Star Wars. Yeah. Why do you keep saying Fix that? it. Rise, yeah. Fix it. What, is that, that, so that really is like a, a, a Freudian slip. Like you. I just need them to fix it. <laughs> Freudian or otherwise. So, all right. So what? Okay. So the, the final trailer. Official trailer. Skywalker. Yeah. It's going to air during Monday Night Football. Um, so check and it out. Also tickets. Also pre-sale tickets are going on sale tomorrow. Really? Okay. So today, as we're recording this, it's, it's October twentieth. It's a Sunday. Tomorrow, twenty-first, is when we'll get this final trailer, and tickets are going on sale. So you guys will hear this episode maybe two days after this happens. So hopefully by then you've had time. If you don't watch Monday Night Football, you've at least had time to go online. You know, watch this on you know YouTube or Instagram, wherever you watch it at. So we'll have something to talk about next time, but. Do you, let me ask you this. Is there anything, does this trailer, obviously we're going to go see the movie. Sure. If you take how you're feeling right now about the movie from what you've seen, does this trailer coming out tomorrow, does it need to do any work for you? Does something need to happen to make you feel better or are you cool? Are you I'm happy? Gonna be are cool. you excited? I'm going to be cool either way because, because, and you know this, I'm, I'm, highly suspect of star wars trailers to Mm -hmm. begin with Mm -hmm. there's always something in a star wars trailer that ignites the spirit that you don't see in the final film we just referred to it when we were talking about the the the, the scene that never happened in the row one trailer um no i don't need to i don't think that i need to see anything to make me feel good about it um i i am excited about this film coming mm-hmm. um i anticipate being more excited after seeing this trailer mm-hmm. um maybe there are some clues to either further or dispel the rumor that um um that ray is a clone mm-hmm. herself um maybe some um concrete answer to the return of the emperor how that can happen Mm. Is he a force ghost or, you know, did he really hide out in that little piece of the Death Star that didn't get destroyed? (laughs) Um, So, you know, just more pieces to the puzzle, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. But I don't I'm not going to hang my hat on anything because I don't know. I honestly don't know if they'll use it. Right. So basically you don't trust them (laughs) at all. Yeah. I I don't think again, we're going to go see the film, but I still am in a place where this trailer to your point, it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't trust them, but I'm not going to lie. If they did something really, really dope in this trailer, there's a lot more room for me to get excited for this movie. In other words, yeah. I am excited to see it. I'm much more excited about um, the Mandalorian. I'm much more excited about the return of the Clone Wars next February, Agreed. I think. Agreed. But so there's more room for this movie. If they, if they produce like a really dope trailer and by dope, I mean, give me some answers. Give me something that I can really get yeah, information to it. You know, give me something that's not like you said, the Ray thing, the dark Ray thing from the last trailer. That could be anything. That could be a dream. 
mm-hmm. could be a clone. Mm-hmm. Who knows what that could mm-hmm. be? I just want something like, you know, the first trailer got me excited because they showed Lando, you know, screaming like, right. oh, you know, in the Million Falcon. Right. It's like Lando's back is right. is about, you know what I'm saying? I could sink my right. teeth in it. I got excited about that. I don't want more mysteries. You know, give me something in this trailer that's concrete that I can be like, okay, I'm I'm really, really hyped now to see this film. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. I think, you know, we'll know in 24 hours. Uh, well, not 24 hours, a little bit more than 24 hours what it's going to be but yeah i'm i'm excited and i'm but i'm i'm i I share your your caution yeah just manage just manage your expectations i mean you know how you know how you see hamburger commercials (laughs) burger king wendy's and you see it fast food commercials right and the hamburger it's like it's like it's like eight inches tall (laughs) there's like juice running off of it the the lettuce is green and crispy they they break the lettuce open the water comes out of it and And then when you you get get the sandwich (laughs) and then you get the sandwich Uh it doesn't look like that Uh okay all right (laughs) it still might be good you might enjoy it right but, but it's you, not what you saw. It's right. not what brought you there. Right. There's no. There's. There's no. There's no. The power. There's no. There's no. That that the, just got the, cut out. The, okay. The um. I forgot what they called it, but at D twenty three, when they released that trailer, the teaser, if you will. Mm-hmm. The I forgot the what they one? called it. Extra something. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that we fawned on over, right. where you know Ray's got the double edged saber. Right. Right. The teaser to the teasers. Yeah. Okay. Well, you remember Kylo. He's in the snow. He's dragging his lightsaber. Right. It's just a cool, cool shot. Right. Okay. I do not expect to see that in the film. (sighs) Yeah, you're right. They might cut some. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of those things. There's a lot of those that have throwaway potential. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. You know, what they could really do, um, lastly, what they could do is give me a hint that we're going to get some real real Finn-isms in this. Some real Finn narrative in this story. Because, I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, we talked about it before. It's a shame to me that you know it's everything is so centered on on Kylo and uh, uh, Ray, and I think we we can tease an episode we're probably going to do maybe post um, Rise of Skywalker, a Finn centric episode. I kind of want to see how his story plays out before we yeah, do before this we episode. really talk about it, so we can talk about it in full. Yeah, I, but right. I, yeah, but I think uh, we can tease it now that we we going to give Finn some if they if they if they don't give Finn the proper love, we're going to do it here on on Mad Unreal, and I think that we. There's some things that we've already kind of hinted at and talked about um, surrounding his story so far. And I think that once we see this final film, it'll help us to really kind of nail that down. And I'm interested in hearing what the listeners think about it, too. So we'll do that. That's that's going to be a future show. But listen, we want to make sure you guys continue to send in your questions, your thoughts, your comments um, on Twitter. Just uh, make sure you hashtag Mad Unreal. Um, and we'll include them in future shows. Um, appreciate the love and the support so far, but we want to get you guys' thoughts on everything we talked about today. Let us know, you know, if you vehemently agree with us, let us know if you vehemently disagree with us. Um, if you think Arthur's crazy, you know what I'm saying? Just tweet. I mean, tweet all that. If you, if you think I'm crazy, tweet all that, um, be nice, be kind, but you know, we like to include you guys in this show. We want your dialogue to be a part of this show. So hit us up, um, and let us know what you think. Absolutely. Uh, my Twitter handle is a double R T H U double R. And I'm at, at Isaac Perry, I S A A C P E R R Y. This episode airs Wednesday. So when right. you guys hear this, you have had two days really to have watched the trailer. And actually I think that's better because, you know, to your point earlier, Arthur, a lot of times you see one of the star Wars trailers, your immediate reaction, 
you may need a little bit while a little bit of time to like let that sink in and watch it a few times. So after by the time you guys hear this episode, you have had time to watch that trailer a few times. So definitely hit us on Twitter with your 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 comments and your thoughts about um, the Star Wars trailer or any of the other things that we talked about in this episode. All right. Well, let's put a lid on it. I'm going to go fold some clothes and get back into this. Uh, <laughs> Casey undercover. <laughs> I'm going to go watch uh, Raising. I'm going to finish Raising Dion and um, I'm going to watch some Lucifer as well. I ain't going to lie. I'm going to watch Lucifer. All right. See y'all later. Um, peace and make sure you keep it unreal. <laughs>